Welcome to Not A Status Quo Podcast. I am your host, Nisha, and we are here again for another episode. I hope everyone is having a, a great day. Today, as I'm recording, it is Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth, everybody. Um, I hope that you're able to partake in some festivities, parades, um, lectures, anything you possibly could to just learn a little bit more about Juneteenth and have the ability to celebrate the day but there has been a lot going on since the last time I posted an episode and this episode is just gonna be me no guests today kind of back when we first started and um, I was going to record earlier like right after we we, we uh, recorded the last episode but so many things kept happening and I was like okay let me just wait and see and and this week we kind of had like a small die down in things that were happening but not too much But yeah, I decided that I should go ahead and record today. And yeah, so let's just get into all the highlights that are that have been going on so far in the sports world. So first up is if you guys did not know earlier this week, the Premier League returned uh, back to play. They started out with Man City and Arsenal playing one another with Man City taking the the, uh, win with uh, three mil which was great. I'm so happy to see soccer back. I know um, Bundesliga actually started last month. Um, it's not a league that I actually follow. I, I kind of follow Premier League a little bit more. So I'm just really happy to see people out there um, playing. It is a little weird not seeing fans in the stands, but it was great to see everyone back on the pitch. Next up, I've never... I'm going to say this right now, maybe because I don't follow baseball, but I've never seen so much friction between owners and players before in baseball, like never. Maybe it's happened before, you know, in the past, but for me, this is like the first time seeing it. So if you don't know, uh, I think it was today, the commissioner denied another uh, proposal, which was for 70 games. And the reason why is because um, of some issues that basically the proposal had, but it was mainly due to the fact that they don't think that they'll be able to play the 70 games within the calendar time frame that they have. And then also some public health situations um, that the proposal just basically couldn't address. So that was the, one of the couple of main reasons why he actually denied the proposal. I know that a couple of podcasts ago, we did say that there was a proposal to try to get you know baseball back. Um, by July 4th but you know I don't think that's going to happen they've had I think I've seen a 60 game proposal a 100 game something proposal now you have this 70 game proposal even a 50 game proposal so I don't know how many games they actually want to play maybe they just want to play 20 I don't know one side is saying it's the money Um, another side is saying it's too many games I'm I've just never seen people disagree so much on wanting to play baseball it just 
baffles me um, compared to all the other professional teams out there. This is like the first time I've seen so much friction between owners, commissioner, and players. This is crazy in baseball, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully the season starts pretty soon, but as I said before, it definitely won't won't start by July 4th, unfortunately. Uh, next up, um, in a couple of weeks, on actually next week, June 27th, and uh, two weeks from now on Ju- July 8th, Uh, the NWSL and the MLS will be returning back to the pitch. However, uh, these past 48 hours, it has been confirmed that there is one NWSL player and two MLS players that have contracted COVID-19. I don't know what that actually means in regards, especially for the NWSL, because they do start next week on the 27th. I don't know if that's going to stay. They haven't said anything yet. Um, Just the fact that, you know, there is a player. They never actually announced who that player was, um, but that that person does have COVID. And there's no indication that it's going to affect the MLS player, uh, the MLS starting up their their league as well. So I guess we'll find out what happens. I don't know. But this was the fear that I was that I had, y'all, when it came to returning back um, to playing sports was you know, people contracting COVID and, and what that means, you know, for the other players. I know that uh, Kristen Press was like one of the main people um, who said that she is not playing. And you kind of, you know, now that a player has it, you, you, you kind of can't blame her for it in a sense. Um, Cause nobody really wants this disease, no matter how bad they want to get back to playing sports and us getting, you know, all of us wanting to get back to normal. You know, we have to be cautious when it comes to this virus and, and what we do next to make sure no more people get infected. So, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll, well, next week, hopefully before, you know, the season starts, we'll find out if, you know, what precautionary measures they're going to take, especially when it comes to players and, you know, if the season is still on. Besides the MLB, though, the NBA, even though they're, <laughs> even though they have already been approved to play, to start play, um, they actually moved it up. First, it was July 31st. Uh, they moved it one day ahead. So the season will technically start July 30th. The players union approved it. But my man who believes the earth is flat, Kyrie Irvin, he's just not having it. You know, he has a, and, and I, and I can't, you know, I can't hate on him for having the worries that he has. You know, I've read some reports that stars were saying that they want, you know, insurance in regards to like, if they suffer a season in, ending injury that, you know, they're taken care of. And I can understand that. I mean, looking at, how the format is they play what eight games and then all all you know automatically they're in this playoff mode and they've been out for so long you really don't know how their bodies are going to respond and you know you don't want anybody to get hurt um but at the same time you don't want anybody to have an issue like the MLS and NWSL is having which is people getting this uh this virus considering the fact that they had to stop play because one of their players already got it so but there was talk about him saying that he he wanted to um start a new league i ain't gonna hate on him i mean anything is possible but um you know he wind up leaving his group chat i guess he getting tired of people snitching on him but i just thought that was funny that was just a great laugh um so was patrick beverly when he basically tweeted out and, and said like look you know if LeBron says we playing, we playing. You know, it's not it's not personal, it's business. You know, we got to get back to play. You you even had Austin Rivers make a statement about the importance of players getting back to playing and and how it's affecting them financially. So, hopefully no one gets hurt, no one gets sick, but uh there's nothing really stopping the NBA from returning on July 30th. 
Um, the only thing I think that would stop it is if more players um, get COVID-19. But for now, they're playing in Orlando starting July 30th. And then the last thing is the NFL players. A few NFL players um, from the Texans, the 49ers, and the Cowboys have also contracted COVID-19. And the first thing I said when I saw this was, how many people is going to go insane if we don't have football at all this year? Like, think about it, y'all. Like, truly think about it. A world without football. Like, the day that they announce that football will not be occurring, you might as well just say, come on, Jesus, we waiting. Take us to the upper room because the world is over. Like, especially here in Texas, football is like God himself. And I just, I can't imagine any of my friends, any of my, my, my family members going literally August to February of the next year with no football. We're talking about preseason to playoffs to championship. You know, like I just can't see it. So I know Dr. Fossey, he said something. I wasn't able to read it in time, but um, I know that he did address something in regards to the NFL starting their season. Hopefully they're still on track. There's no indication that they're not going to start training camp or that their season is going to be delayed. But still, I don't know how they're going to do that, considering the fact that, you know, you still have New York in a state that, it, that it's in right now. I think California maybe just got out of quarantine in a sense. So, you know, I don't know how that's going to work if they're just going to have a designated location. Um, there hasn't been really anything yet to be proposed or, or released out there in regards to how they're going to run their season. But, you know, hopefully we have... Hopefully we have football this year just for the sake of humanity. I think if I think if the world loses one more thing, the people are going to are just going to explode like it's just going to be all out hell, you know, hell on earth in a sense. So hopefully we have football. But that's pretty much it for the highlights in regards to sports. Like I said, a lot has been happening. But yeah, COVID-19, man, changed everything. But let's get into today's topics. So as I said before, um, we're going to be discussing the Confederate flag bands and then also talking about uh, the NFL's uh, stance now on Kaepernick, on racism and justice and even kneeling. The first thing that I want to talk about is the Confederate flag. Um, Just this week, the NCAA extended their Confederate flag ban. The ban now applies to all championship events that are being held in states that fly this particular flag. So right now, Mississippi is the only state that still flies the Confederate flag. So they will not be able to host any type of championship event. This also includes teams that basically are awarded the championship site based off a competition. So in the NCAA, that's baseball, soccer, lacrosse, women's basketball. Um, it, it, in an article that I read, it did state that the Mississippi legislator did propose um, a bill to remove the Confederate flag. Um, the symbol, I'm sorry, remove the symbol of, of uh, the Confederate symbol from their flag. And in hopes to basically being able to host championship uh, tournaments and things of that nature. I think that that could possibly happen given the state of what's going on right now. And then now that they have expanded this ban, um, I just don't see the state of Mississippi, 
you know, missing out on the opportunity to host a championship site, especially if they have a really great football team or basketball team, you know, who wants to miss out on being able to host something like that? That's a great recruiting tool as well, you know, to get kids to come to their, their, their campus, to get D1, you know, um, players to come to their campus, their, their, their college. So I just, I, I see them, you know, I see their bill, their proposal being passed and all states being able to host uh, championship events. I think it's great that the that the NCAA did this. Not necessarily surprised, but um, wasn't I really wasn't sure why when they first implemented this policy back. I think it was like in two thousand one. Why why have like a limitation to it? That was like my only question about it. But I'm just glad that they you know extended it and you know are, are basically forcing. I guess you could say forcing, but trying to basically let them know like hey we agree with equality inclusion diversity and we don't want anything or any type of symbol showing that we don't so i I applaud them for that but in regards to the confederate flag real quick because there are a lot of different views on it some people believe that it is a representation of the southern heritage why others believe that it is just a symbol for hate racism and divide I think in this state right now in the country, that particular flag should not represent, should not represent your country. You know, even though we we have a flag that represents us, this flag, you know, it flies below the American flag. Like, think about that. It flies below the American flag in some states. So that's, that's just crazy. You know, Um, I was reading an article where uh, six flags had it at one point and they removed it. So sometimes it's, it's, people's view on the flag um you know this flag does carry a lot of of weight to it when it comes to racism slavery hate and you know if you're if we're a country that's trying to change and want equality and show that we care about the people of color then i understand removing that flag nascar actually removed uh banned the flag as well it was it came after bubba wallace made the statement of the removal of the flag he made this proposal on June 12th, not proposal, I'm sorry. He basically stated it on June 12th. And two days later, NASCAR basically said that the flag is no longer welcome at their events and their facilities. I thought it was interesting because when I was doing research, it said that five years ago, NASCAR had requested fans stop bringing the Confederate flag to the races, but they didn't mandate it. And it kind of, it, it made me question why, because... You know, like I said in, in, in many podcasts before, NASCAR has been pushing inclusion and diversity in their sport for a while now. So it kind of blew my mind that, you know, you made this proposal and you and you wanted people to stop, but you didn't mandate it. Um, and there, and, and it, co- it kind of goes back to me being a little bit skeptical of sports organizations. And we're going to talk about the NFL like right after this. But, you know, if you listen to the last podcast, I said that I was giving the NFL the side eye. And this is mainly one of the reasons why, because you see all these organizations um, making all of these changes. I know that the MLS, the, the black players, I think it was like over 70 players. They have formed, I think it's like a coalition, you know, a few uh, U.S. men national team players questioning if they should actually play for the team. So you have these things going on. You have these organizations making these statements saying that they are behind black players. They're behind, you know, all players of color. They don't want non-inclusion. They want inclusion. They want equality. 
And then you have something like this where you find out five years ago, well, you, you knew, you, you knew the flag was bad. You obviously knew that because why would you say, please stop bringing it? Right. But it took Bubba Wallace saying something for you to actually remove it altogether. And the reason why I say that and why I'm so skeptical is because yes, you're pushing diversity. You're, 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 you're wanting people to know that you're here for everybody, but we get into, and this is not just sports organizations in general, but people in general, us as general, we get so used to going with the status quo of things that we don't really realize when we're starting to make changes, there's certain things that we're still doing just out of habit. And I think that that's basically what happened with NASCAR, where it's like they knew it was wrong, but it was out of habit to have this flag. They even said like, hey, I really want this flag removed, but they didn't mandate it. And so you're saying we're, we're doing all this, we're doing all this, but you haven't really changed anything that you're doing over here. It's kind of like us going on diets. We want to go on a diet or, or not even diet. Like we want to get better and we want to exercise and we over here exercising, but then right after the exercise, we're going to go eat a pizza. You know, that's basically what I see for that. And that's why I give these sports organizations you know, a little side eye and I'm skeptical of them because right now I think that I like to call it the shock level. That's where we are right now, where the murder of George Floyd, it shocked people back to reality. We're walking around with dust over our eyes and just kind of going with the flow, just trying to keep our head above water. And then something like this happens and then we're shocked back to reality and it's like, whoa, this is what's going on. We need to make these changes. But then a couple of months later, we go back to the dust over our eyes. And so with these sports organizations, that's basically what I'm looking at is what's going to happen six months from now? What's going to happen a year from now? You're saying all the right things right now, but what are your actions going to be moving forward? Are you going to make programs that are that are there to teach your youth about racism and how to navigate that? What type of trainings are you doing for your employees? How are you going to deal with fans, especially in the NBA where you had, you know, you've already had situations with with, uh, for instance, the Utah Jazz fans with Russell uh, Westbrook. You know, and then you start to hear all these stories about, yeah, you know, I've been called this and that at Utah. I've been called this and that at a different place. How are you going to start regulating those things to where, you know, it does feel like there's inclusion. There, It does feel like you're taking a stance against racism in every shape, form, and fashion. And so I, while I applaud NASCAR for, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is cracking. As, so while I applied, na- applaud NASCAR for removing the flag I just wish they would have done it sooner you know when they initially made that announcement five years ago and and really taking the the first step in a sense to to right it wrong oh yeah one last thing they're actually NASCAR will actually face its first test uh when it comes to kind of regulating bringing these flags uh to their races because next week I'm sorry not not next week but this week they're going to Talladega and this will be the first time that any sport will have fans I think they're gonna have about 5,000 fans I don't think it was NASCAR who did it I think it was Talladega Raceway so we're gonna find out exactly like what the procedures are going to be, you know, how are they going to do security when it comes to this and what happens if someone does sneak a flag in, what does that mean for that person? So it'll be interesting to see. But, um, our last topic of, 
of the day has to do with the NFL and the changes that they are going through right now. I think it was last week. I can't remember when I watched the video, but basically NFL players from the Honey Badger to Patrick Mahomes, my man Deshaun Watson, D-Hop, Nuke, they all went on there and, you know, basically in the video was like telling the NFL how many times did we have to tell you to listen to us, to take action against racism, to basically saying like, you know, I am, you know, George Floyd, I am Breonna Taylor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, I'm all these people. What is it going to take for, for you to realize it? And they basically stated like, hey, this is what we want you to do. We want you say that you condone racism, listen to us. And so as a response to that, Roger Goodell released um, a video, you know, basically saying that the NFL does condone racism and uh, that they were wrong for not listening to their players. And he even acknowledged that the league would not exist if it wasn't for their African-American players. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL has around like 65 to 70% of the players are African-American. Um, so that's why, you know, just going off topic a little bit, when McNair made that statement, you know, it hit differently. You know, he maybe didn't mean it in a racial way. Everyone talks about it's an old saying, but it hit differently. It's like, and that was one of the situations where it's like knowing your personnel, knowing who you work for, knowing, not work for, but knowing who works for you and knowing the struggles that they went through and why that statement wasn't really the right one to say. But yeah, so now you have um, Roger Goodell even encouraging people to sign Kaepernick now, which I did I did not see coming. Um, you have players also stating that, and coaches, that they are going, they're planning on kneeling. I was researching and it doesn't say anything about the anthem policy, if they're planning on changing it. Yeah, uh, and there's no indication on if the NFL is still planning to punish them. I know that the current policy says that all players must stand. If they don't, they do get a fine. Um, They do have the option, however, to stay in the locker room during the national anthem. Yeah, not sure they're going to get fined. I know that Mayfield, who else? Murray, they uh, just to name a few people who stated that, you know, they are planning on kneeling during the national anthem this year. Even Bill O'Brien, the Houston Texans coach, said that he would do it, which I I was like, okay. I don't know if that was just to make up for the fact that you traded Nuke or if that's something that he really feels. I'm going to go with that's what he really feels and that he wants to stand by his players and that he understands the situation. It, it says a lot because just a couple weeks ago, the the owners had tabled the uh the Rooney rule um pushing to get more African American coaches interviewed for positions and now you have the NFL taking this particular stance um in regards to racism so it's kind of one of those things like I wonder what the NFL is going to look like moving forward and and I said this before like how is sports going to coincide with social issues and working to fix those things because this is a great opportunity to to do that to be to kind of lead the pack in it in the sense you know one of my friends he was talking about how sports has this ability to not only educate but it can heal people it can bring people together in a sense and you're starting to see that um i'm very interested to see what the nfl is going to look like how is it going to affect their fan base um because at the time, due to the fact that Kaepernick, the Kaepernick situation, a lot of African-American fans 
you know, boycotted the NFL. Are they going to return to the NFL? Are they going to return to watching it? Um, is Kaepernick going to play this year? Does he want to play this year? I don't know if this year is really going to determine their future, but it's going to lay the groundwork for it. And, 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 and if it was really just a statement just to get the players off his back, or if it's something that, you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL actually believes in and, and wants to try to help uh, fix and educate players and fans about. If he does, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity for, you know, not only him, but the NFL moving forward. So be interesting to see what happens a year from now, two years from now, will the, the NFL uh, stance on the anthem change and things like that. So looking forward to it. Just, just very happy that all of these sports organizations are acknowledging the fact that we need more diversity and inclusion within our sport. And we also need to have an honest conversation about injustice and racism within this country. And all I can do is applaud them for it, but also, you know, keep them on their toes in a sense and make sure that they continue to grow and that, that this is just this one-time thing and this one-time statement. But yeah, that's it right now, guys. Um, this pretty much concludes another episode of Not A Status Quo Podcast. I just want to say thank you guys for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a comment on Instagram at notastatusquo underscore podcast. And we also just created a Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can go and like our page. And the page is called Not A Status Quo Podcast. Once again, leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the show. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. Stay safe. Peace.